podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Inside Try Show with Helen Murray. This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you entertained and inspired while you're training. Ready and let's go. Hello and welcome to episode 115 of the Inside Tri Show, sponsored by Resilient Nutrition, who make nutrition products to help you perform at your best mentally and physically. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the Inside Tri Show, I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. Now, I might be generalising a little bit here, but I don't think I would be too far off the mark if I said, I bet that you're a doer. I bet you're a busy person trying to get everything done. And if triathlon is very much your passion and your hobby, oh my God, then we all know the struggle, don't we, of trying to juggle it with work and being good partners, good parents, good sons, good daughters and good friends as well. And sometimes it can be so hard, can't it, to not feel guilty about certain choices and certain decisions that we make. And therefore... Again, I might be generalising, but I do think that you're going to really appreciate this week's interview with British pro triathlete and mum to a toddler, Emma Cowper. And I'm going to be completely and utterly honest with you now as well. And generally, that's me through and through. I, I am an honest kind of person. But I actually, as you listen to this, I recorded this episode two weeks ago for the very reason of the juggle. And to be honest, sometimes I don't really know if I am coming or going. I usually say yes to far too much. And I really am always pretty disappointed with myself when I don't get through my completely unrealistic to-do list on a Monday. And I do remember a good friend once said to me, Helen, if you want something doing, you have to ask someone just like you. So someone who is busy, someone who is a doer, because she said, you're organised. And if someone asks you to do something, you will make it work and you will get it done. So yeah, that is kind of me down to a T. But as this episode goes out, I should hopefully, if all goes to plan, have just got back from a week in Girona, actually staying with Laura Siddle, working from out there so doing my normal cancer rehab work out there as well but also and right now I am majorly crossing my fingers for this but hopefully getting some really good content as well for the podcast so time will tell on that front but the reason that I am being open and honest and telling you this is because I am doing the juggle and I always freak myself out to be honest I, I I do get a bit worried if I'm not organized with the podcast and if I don't think ahead and if I haven't got things planned out and if I haven't got interviews lined up because it is just me so if I don't do it it doesn't get done and you don't get a show to listen to and I don't want to be in that position so yeah always thinking ahead and the brain is often whizzing but I just thought you know what if I can record this before I go get it done now then I can actually focus on my normal work when I am out there and gathering those other interviews. So I'm I'm sure it'll make sense, but I just thought I would actually say all of that because it ties in so nicely with the conversation that you are about to hear. And after the interview as well, you will get another little update from 
Rich and I. And obviously, we talk about food because I think it's our favourite topic. Time for this week's interview. So as I was saying, for this week's guest, Emma Cowper, the life juggle and struggle is real as she attempts to maintain her professional triathlete status and race at the highest level, all while bringing up a toddler. So a little brief background to Emma. She did her first triathlon in 2013. She was crowned age group world champion over the Olympic distance in 2016 She secured her pro card in 2017 and broke a shoulder at some point after that and also became a mum in 2020. She actually broke the course record to win Outlaw X last year in 2021 and regained her pro card again in the process. So, yeah, she now has a fight on her hands to try and maintain that pro status. So whether you are dreaming of racing as a professional, maybe you are a new parent, maybe you are expecting a baby later this year, or perhaps like me, you're just trying really hard to juggle life. I guarantee there is something in here for you. Emma Cowper, welcome to the Inside Try Show. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to uh, kind of meet you face to face after listening to you <laughs> for so long. Set scene then, Emma. 2013 was your first triathlon. D- did you really just wake up one day and go, I want to do a triathlon? Pretty much. I mean, my memory is quite shocking <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I was playing hockey at the time. I we were playing at a quite a decent level, but it wasn't my outlet anymore. I was, it was more stressful than a source of like, enjoyment. So yeah, I think I just kind of woke up and was like, well, I can run because I play hockey. I did a charity bike ride last year and hired a bike so I can cycle. And I used to swim like 15 years ago. Let's get in the pool and see if I can do 25 meters. Oh yeah, I can do that. Well, let's let's give it a go. <laughs> I did a sprint and then Olympic, and then my local tri club were like, you're actually quite good at this, you could you try and like represent Great Britain, I was like, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I'll give it a go, and then rocks off at Liverpool, and didn't get past the uh, dismount line on the bike. What happened? <laughs> just didn't really slow down, <laughs> and um, just land, yeah, basically flipped over, so yeah, lesson learned there, slow down, I'm a bit more cautious now on dismount. <laughs> So you were you were you were coming into transition, and you were the one who sort of basically messed it up. You 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 were the one that would have gone viral. So much so that when I was in A and E, someone came over and showed me a picture of me on the floor. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you you were the person. Yes, yeah, that's me, and I'm in quite a lot of pain. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll get up, I'll be fine. No, no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so when you did your first one and you didn't break your collarbone, like. Did you think then, I love this? Yes. Well, the first thought was, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? Um, when I was standing on the start line, well, it wasn't really a start line because it was a pool one, but you know what I mean, driving down at silly o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, as soon as I finished it, I was like, I want more. I know I can do so much more because I hadn't really trained and knew I could get round, but yeah, I just knew there was so much more I could give. So yeah, definitely hooked. Did you expect to be quite so good at this new sport as soon as you had had a go? No, I had absolutely 
no idea and it's kind of looking back it's frustrating that I didn't start sooner or start at uni or younger but I wasn't really aware of it I was concentrating on my studies and hockey like yeah triathlon wasn't a thing really for me then so yeah it was uh, it's frustrating I haven't done it for longer um especially not being from a swimming background I think that's where I struggle the most my aims for the first few years was just to win Europeans and worlds as a um age grouper um or be like be as good as get ever since I started I kind of said I'd stop when I stopped getting better or, or fulfill my potential um and yeah how many years later <laughs> I'm still going um so I kind of worked my way up through the age group ranks quite quickly um so I won my age group at Cozumel in 2016 um I was just like that's that's not enough like obviously I was like so happy but coming away from it I didn't want to just stick at that distance because going further at that distance I'd have to go ITU or um my swimming is just not good enough I tried the London I entered the London try in the elite wave London triathlon and that was a very harsh wake-up call I mean I knew it would be hard but I just got left on the swim and then did a solo 40k time trial saw them all rolling past me freewheeling in a pack (laughs) on the opposite direction on the dual carriageway and then my run time was like pretty much up there with their runs but I was so far behind them I think I was a lap behind them on the run it didn't make any difference so Olympic distance was if I wanted to be competitive wasn't really an option and everyone kept saying to me you should go longer should go longer I was like oh so much longer um I was like well actually if I do want to do this seriously um and actually if I could be a professional that would be pretty amazing like as a kid I've always wanted to be a professional athlete didn't ever think it'd be in triathlon um so why not give it a go and yeah then I managed to do it which yeah was equally baffling (laughs) so so how so how does someone then go about getting that pro card um, so the rules have changed, I think, quite a few times over the years since then. But that, at that time, you had to do two races within a certain time, the winning pro time, um, to get your British Triathlon Pro card. So as an age grouper, I did two races and managed to get it that year. And do, do you sometimes think now uh, perhaps that was too soon to get it? Or were you happy at the time to because you were so focused on right that's what I want to do boom 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 tick off those goals bit of both looking back with hindsight probably should have waited till my body was actually (laughs) able to adjust to that distance it was hard like only now am I realizing actually that my body wasn't ready for it but in my head like I was fine like why couldn't I compete with them and I when I did Staffordshire 70.3 I'd finished above some pros of the pros uh, so when I did it as a age grouper and I didn't get prize money and they did and that was what made it we made the decision to go pro it was like why am I traveling to races and spending money instead of winning it <laughs> like my journey's been the way it has been for a reason I guess um but everyone goes their own twists and turns totally and you said there about your your body not being ready at that point in what way was it not ready do you think so because I really hadn't come from background of any of the sports I mean I'd done running but nothing 
not half marathon distance running and then adding in the swim and the bike I just think when I up that volume like the first couple of uh, 70.3s I did I was in really ill afterwards because I then got tried to get back to training too soon so I did the same like recovery as I had done for Olympic and then was like why do I keep being really sick on two days afterwards and I was like oh it's my body saying <laughs> stop <laughs> um so yeah that should have been a bit of a sign really um but I think now it's adapted and it's absorbing the training much better than it was before as before it was just kind of like overload and how did you find the actual experience you know if you go from winning everything or being on the podium all the time in the age group races and then suddenly you're in a completely different um kind of environment different race tactics how did you find that bit mentally yeah that was hard um I knew there was a big difference between age group racing and being a professional but I didn't quite appreciate how big a gap there is between being a professional and being like one of the top pros and how hard it is to make a living between the two. So I like in my mind, I was like, I've got my pro license, like all these sponsors were coming, I could like stop working I, or do sabbatical from work. And reality was like far from, from that. So that took that took some time to like adjust to. And to be honest, it probably only be since I've actually had a break from it again being pregnant and then coming back from having my little one that I mean now I've appreciated that I think that I was trying to force a situation and be someone that I wasn't so I was trying to live a life as a pro and I in my mind what a pro should be and actually I need to accept that these are the conditions that I have and this is the circumstances I'm training under and, and this is how the be- I can be the best within what I've got rather than trying to live a life that wasn't mine (laughs) don't know if that makes sense (laughs) I guess there's a there's a lot that we see on social media and you see lots of these pro athletes and you sort of think oh they're living the dream but as you say in reality for a lot of them it's really really hard work especially financially to actually make a living from it yeah really hard and it was quite hard saying to my husband so can I stop working (laughs) Um, and obviously we like that was an option like financially for us so the compromise was um, reducing my working days from five days a week to three days and again in my mind like that would solve everything like I would get to sit and rest but then sitting and resting on my days off like what do you do (laughs) like I've gone from working five days a week and training like ridiculously around it to then just sitting there and like binge watching Netflix which is not me either so yeah and so a lot of things have been learned over the years. You said there about um coming back from pregnancy clearly we're gonna talk uh, like a lot about that but yeah was it difficult for you even thinking about having a baby because you had all of your sporting ambitions as well? Yes yes it was and it was so I broke my shoulder in February 2019. Felt like I had just been on a training camp. I like, felt amazing, really excited for the year. Like 2018 wasn't like, it was good, but it wasn't as good a year as I'd hoped it would be. So like 
have a good winter got stuck in ready to go for 2019 and then came off my bike around a corner with some oil on the road straight on my shoulder <laughs> same, same shoulder same shoulder as a few years Opposite prior shoulder. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's good or bad but it kind of evens it out <laughs> and then yeah I was just getting back into full swing of things again and then we found out we were pregnant so it wasn't necessarily planned and we'd like we want children but yeah that took some getting my head around but can I still do triathlon when I come back like it's going to change everything um that did take quite some time to process um but and then you sit back and you look at all the like other amazing females that have done it and they've come back and you think well they can do it but they probably have a massive team around them and they don't work and they've got someone that's on hand for childcare and you think well let's take it one step at a time and just see if I can do it I can do it and I don't want to resent my daughter for giving it up because of her I need to do it on my own terms but if that's because of her and I want to stop then I'm happy with that if that makes sense <laughs> yeah 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 and did you have doubts you know during your pregnancy and thinking like oh I really I really want to I know I want to be coming back after this but I I don't know how I'll be uh no actually I don't think that ever crossed my mind that I wouldn't be able to I was very fortunate in that I was able to train the whole way through Um, my pregnancy right up until I think the week before I gave birth I think I only stopped running the week before and I think I swam that week um but what was frustrating was that I thought I'd be able to race because I didn't race at all in 2019 in the end but I thought I might be able to get some early races in still but I was very nauseous and that just didn't the thought of being able to put myself through that was just when it wasn't going to (laughs) happen Um, so yeah no I I didn't really cross my mind until after I'd had her and started to move my body again and get back into things but then the pandemic hit and that took all away all of that stress and FOMO because there wasn't any racing happening so that actually helped me out massively mentally anyway so in a way like a bit of a blessing in disguise yeah absolutely and so when did you actually kind of properly get back into training and and how did you find it not as soon as I would have liked to have done so I started to run after about five weeks just like go for a 10 minute jog and see how things felt and then slowly increase it when I say slowly increase it it was very slowly increase it and not very often um I coached didn't really set me anything for quite a few months and I kept saying, like, I could do some more, I could do some more. Um, but because there was no rush because of the pandemic, he didn't need to give me more because there was no rush to get me back, which touch wood, I've not had any injuries or anything since I've had her, which is amazing because most people that you speak to have had all sorts of niggles or quite major injuries and setbacks. So touch wood I'm touching everything in the room that's kind of we've got through that (laughs) phase and all the uh, relaxing whatever it is from the like breastfeeding hormones although I'm still breastfeeding but not as much um has like not impacted my body (laughs) no injuries crossing my fingers how how was it for you again I guess going back to that just 
<laughs> you would have been really flying right before you were pregnant and before you broke your collarbone so how <laughs> so how was it then just being slow again yeah that was hard I mean I was quite good because there was no pressure I, I was quite good at not putting that pressure on me I mean I was my all my tear bearing was inside I didn't do anything outside for probably a year just because of um I couldn't get away from my daughter um she was uh I just I was feeding on demand so I couldn't and she didn't wait she wouldn't wait so if I was out for miles away on a bike ride unless my husband followed me around in the car which he wasn't going to do um because she didn't like the car because of the pandemic so yeah (laughs) um it was just easier to to be in turbo um but I didn't have a smart um turbo either so I was just plodding away doing what I thought was easy or hard and like low pressure I was just all on effort so I would do what was hard for me that day if I if I'd be if I was doing it at 3am or 3pm it didn't really matter because it was all on effort 3am turbo I think there were some 3am turbos because they got to a point where the only time I could do a longer session was when I knew she'd be asleep and that time of the day mostly she was asleep there was still a few times when she woke up <laughs> Emma that, that is dedication yeah well mentally like if you just sit down like especially if it's like a cluster feeding day when you're just sat in the chair all day if I, don't, if I know I've done a session then at least I can deal with not moving my body for the rest of the day <laughs> and I, I saw actually as well and this I think tells you a lot about just how driven and focused and dedicated you are during the pandemic so when you had your little one at the beginning you were actually living in a flat and you took your turbo down into I guess your (laughs) communal garage yeah so basically almost like the car park beneath the flats yeah that is correct I forgot about that I um yeah my neighbors thought the washing machine was going on at 3 a.m so after a few notes through the door I didn't really want to get evicted (laughs) so I was carrying it down at yeah 3 a.m and had the baby monitor well my husband was in the flat but he didn't always wake up so I would uh, have the baby monitor downstairs with me (laughs) so I could see when she woke up I got some very very funny looks when they went to go to work in the morning (laughs) and saw me on my bike almost like stealth sneaking out of the flat kind of stealth turbo sessions yeah absolutely and there was there was one day when I was like all right I'm finally gonna go outside on my bike I was really excited like I psyched myself up and got downstairs and realized it was dark (laughs) I was like oh you idiot didn't look out the window first (laughs) I think at that point your body clock your whole like I don't even know what day or time it is right yeah I think that sums it up quite well (laughs) (laughs) and Emma just I want to I want I want to go a tiny little bit more into the car park turboing because yeah honestly I saw it and I was like wow 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 you hear about people you know getting in a session at 5 a.m but I don't think I've heard of many people (laughs) going to that length of, of getting a session in what was going through your mind at that point I was just so happy to be doing it. Yeah, I was just, I probably quite smug. Everyone else is asleep. I do like that feeling when like, you know, everyone else is asleep and you're up and you've either done your session or doing it. But then it would be a case of, oh, am I early enough 
before people come in because it is actually quite embarrassing when I'm sweating and uh, people are walking in look, looking at you but trying not to look at you because they're like what the hell is she doing you're now in a house and you can now turbo in your house right I can yes that was a massive relief <laughs> I've actually got the most amazing neighbors who have got a shed in the bottom of their garden and it's like a they've got their turbo set up and they've let me put theirs in so I'm even up out of the house so I can oh. hide <laughs> that's no no more stealth or or maybe it is a stealth turbo you just have to go to the shed next door and it's all good so now my stealth is I have to duck under the kitchen window and door when I try and get to it so that my daughter can't see me <laughs> otherwise I can't get it done then so when I get back from work I have to like commando crawl under the gate when my neighbors see me they just oh when they first saw me like what is happening I had to explain to them I was hiding (laughs) (laughs) and Emma what is the current situation for you in terms of what is this current goal like with the pro license and you're in a bit of a position that you need to basically prove it again right yes so I managed to get it back last year after my maternity slash injury break um but last year I didn't race in a field with a, in a race with a pro field professional field so I need to race by June end of June I think it is I've got my license until and to get within the qualifying criteria to be able to keep my pro license again um so I've got a series of penciled in races hopefully to be able to do that so I've just entered Challenge Saloo. So that's first weekend in April. So I hopefully get some sun, but not too hot, a Spanish sun. Um, and then the Outlaw Nottingham Half and Full. And there's probably one or two more slotted in there. What would you hope to achieve? What would you like to achieve now? My goals are still the same in that I want to be the best or I want to be the best that I can be. So I want to go as far as I can. And I'll, my aim is to stop when I've done that. So if I start plattering, um, and I think actually I'm not getting much out of this anymore. It's like detrimental to my family. Um, I've got them to think of now too. Then I'll have to take a rain check and reevaluate my plans. But for now, I'm still improving almost week on week still since I've had her, which is at this time of year, like, January everyone's like miserable and cold and wet it's really motivating actually nice to be looking I look forward to my training like I'm excited for like the next day when I go to bed which is nice to have and I hope that lasts (laughs) how are you finding juggling everything with work with being a parent and with your triathlon training challenging um I have my moments I think I had I had too strong a coffee yesterday and just couldn't handle it anymore (laughs) just everything was just like I just got very overwhelmed but most of the time I just have to be super super organized so um not to the minute but you know I mean like this till this time in the morning like work till here till then um husband um is amazing at looking after her so he is actually still at home he's not been in the office yet since before she was born which has been an absolute godsend um despite the challenges of covid it's 
I mean, one, it's been amazing to see their relationship. They just wouldn't have had such a strong bond otherwise. Um, but two, it means that I can time a lunchtime session with his lunch break and pop out quickly. I just wouldn't have had that support otherwise. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard, but we have to, between the two of us, do a bit of planning on a Sunday night <laughs> and work it out for the week. And most of the time it goes to plan. Um, it's when it doesn't go to plan, I have to, like, check myself and just try not to get too stressed out by it. And can you give an example of perhaps when it hasn't gone to plan and then just how you how you process that? Because it's always hard, isn't it? If you know that you're meant to be doing something and then you get a curveball, which you weren't expecting, and then suddenly you're just like, ah! Yeah, the, my biggest curveballs tend to be, at the moment, it'll be, it's not, I'm not doing the session at the time I thought it'd be. So say I'd had breakfast and then I was going to do a lunchtime session, but that ends up being like two hours later. And then I'm like, do I eat? Do I not eat? Like, I don't want to be sick when I go for a run. Um, but then actually just kind of going with the flow is found that you, like you always sort it out and it's always fine. Training tends to be quite a non-negotiable for me. Like I will do my training. Um, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. Sometimes it's a detriment to sleep. Um, and I know how important sleep is. I try not, but sleep is like a no-go zone like that I sleep from here to here but sometimes if I, actually if that's the only way I can get it done then that's what has to happen when my husband goes back into office training is going to be very challenging and I'm trying not to think about that too much until it happens how did you cope especially in the in the first year when after your daughter had been born how did you cope with the the lack of sleep and the sleepless nights and and trying to be you and trying to get your training in as well that's probably where covid helped because i didn't have to see anyone <laughs> so um i i actually the way my body adapted to not sleeping was amazing because you kind of get into the routine it'd be then when she did sleep longer you'd then be lying there awake going oh wake up you're gonna wake up soon because i'm awake so yeah that actually shocked me how well your body adapts to lack of sleep and and because I wasn't doing a huge amount of training it wasn't a massive deal and I because I wasn't juggling a social life or any other life because we were all stuck inside then it didn't really matter if I was tired because I didn't have anything to do other than sit and look after a a little one. And how are you finding it now can you describe what your week is like? Yeah, so I work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, the amount I'm in the office is varying at the moment. Pre-pandemic, was I was in the office all three days. Um, post-pandemic, I'm in the office between one and two days um, a week. Those days I'm in the office are not fun. <laughs> they are very long days. And it's since we've been working at home over the last Christmas period, um I've had a huge a massive difference I've noticed on my training just get taking the commute out because I have about an hour's commute each way um but I get it done it's fine I mean I won't see my daughter um like on Mondays say if I'm in the office I'll pick her up um I'll do my swimming literally husband will throw her out the door I'll put her in the car I drop her off at nursery and then I won't see her until the next day because then I get home and get straight on the bike um my husband does bedtime so 
Um, they're hard, they're really hard. But then that's when I'm grateful for working part time because I get at least I get all day with her on the Tuesday. So it kind of makes up for it. But yeah, it's, it is a constant juggling act and planning and prep. It's food. Food is my my biggest thing. I <laughs> I, uh, I operate around food. So if there's no food or there's nothing quick to eat, that's when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, that is bad news. That is. And what about the mum guilt? And how, how have you dealt with, with the mum guilt? That's a hard one. It's when she gets up early and I say if I if she sleeps in till seven, between seven and eight, then I don't feel guilty because I'm already out the door. I'm already swimming and I know her husband's had a reasonable night's sleep. It's when she's up before I go for training, but I can't go and get her because if I have her for 10 minutes and then hand over, she'll be pretty angry. Um, so I know he has to get up with her before I've even gone out. And that's hard because <laughs> I think. And now I'm, I am being really selfish because I'm le- le- making him wake up <laughs> when I've gone out. Um, yeah, leaving, I, I'm going on a training camp next week. So that that is hard, knowing that his, like, it's a really busy time for his work. Um, but there, we tried to make it work that she would come out with me, but then we had no one to come and look at after her while I was training. So there'd be no point me going. Um, so yeah it's a it's a lot to process and I'm constantly asking him like is this okay like I know he'd tell me if it wasn't but I'll have to check (laughs) I know that you're like really keen to to I guess help other mums who might be in a similar position or other people who are perhaps pregnant at the moment and know that they have triathlon goals as well that they want to achieve over the coming years so what perhaps advice would you have for them I would say especially if you've already got a family um, or if you're planning a family that you need full support of your other half um, it's just not possible at all without them um, and it is a big commitment and you probably have to be quite selfish I mean as triathletes we're probably quite selfish people anyway but it really highlights <laughs> how selfish we are um if that's the right word or driven let's use the word driven it's much nicer (laughs) um but if they understand what your goal and what your passion is and they can see how much it means to you um then I think that really helps I think you then just need to be kind to yourself like set a goal that's realistic that might be pushing it a bit but it's realistic and work out the times in the week that you can do those sessions and try and make them non-negotiable like for me if I get to a session in the morning I know it's done and then if something happens at work or whatever and you can't do the evening one then at least you've done your morning one other people don't operate well in the morning so that's obviously that's fine too um but it's just consistency with triathlon I think that's the only that's the main key to success I think with triathlon is just consistently plugging away so even if you feel awful or you've had a horrific night's sleep obviously you need to balance your um your health and your well-being but for your mental health and actually maybe a really slow bike ride or a run or swim doesn't matter if you feel awful afterwards you'll be so grateful you've done it and you've looked after yourself I think parents are really bad at looking after themselves and to be able to look after your children properly and be with them and be present you need some me time 
uh, my me time is my training um and sometimes a bit more because I, <laughs> I'm then tired from training <laughs> but it's not too much more um but yeah I think consistency and just being kind to yourself is so important but just loving yourself and not being so harsh and critical makes everything a lot more pleasant and there's a lot less resistance to try to be able to achieve what you want if you're just nice to yourself (laughs) were there other triathlete mums that you could talk to or you could get advice from not really um I tried to reach out to a few people and a few people gave me a some few a few tips but it's it's quite hard um when you start researching it and like what you can do when you're pregnant and like post-pregnancy it's so it's so individualized that no one's really written about it much or you have to know the right people to contact which makes it it can be quite lonely I mean my coach was brilliant sounding board I just kind of put all faith into him and it's worked out pretty well so (laughs) I'm not complaining um but he has quite a good network that his um his like sounded ideas off and just checked that it was doing the right thing which gave me the reassurance that we were doing the right things how, how do you fit in your longer sessions Emma early so I try at the weekend so I don't really do long sessions during the week they tend to be at the weekend um and I try and do them so that they're I'm done by lunchtime so that it doesn't impact so we still have some family time like from lunchtime onwards and it's not too much mum guilt that I've been away all day then <laughs> and it's just hard in the winter with it getting dark so like if I have a long bike ride and I can't go out till eight well and I'm definitely not going to be done till 12 which that that doesn't sit very well with me so then I'm like but then mentally I'm like oh can I do that on a turbo for that long <laughs> But in the summer, I'll get out as early as I can, as soon as it's light, and just get it done. And do you do do quite a few double run days as well? Yes. Most days I run, say say Monday, Wednesday, Friday are bike days, and Tuesday, Thursday, run days. Most Tuesdays and Thursdays I'll have, like, say, a hard interval session and then an easy run later on in the evening just to, like, flush the legs out. Do, do you sometimes have a bit of a reflection and go I'm doing all right actually <laughs> I was having a conversation it was my um sister's baby shower actually yesterday and um I was having a conversation with her mother-in-law she was just, she said something along those lines and you're just like oh actually <laughs> maybe maybe he is isn't as bad as it feels in my head <laughs> how, how does it feel in your head well that yesterday was the day I was having like a complete meltdown of a scar I got so much to do I've got to pack everything for Lanzarote I'm working all week but when I'm looking after my daughter all week like when am I gonna pack when am I gonna pack her stuff how am I gonna work <laughs> and then she said that and I was like actually maybe it's not too bad <laughs> so when your daughter like appreciates what you're doing and can kind of get it what would you love her to to know or to think about you in terms of your triathlon achievements I guess just that I gave it like everything I could with what I had I think just want her to know that she if you put your mind to it that there are no limits like I don't want to copy Lionel Sanders (laughs) there 
you create your own boundaries to a certain extent and I know everyone has their like I have my restrictions and things but it's trying to look beyond those um I think I just want her to be proud of what I've done I'd, I'd hate for her to resent me for going up training and um leaving her to play with her dad <laughs> I think she doesn't know I'm gone when she's playing with him it's lovely but yeah just to know that if you set your mind to something then you just don't know where it's going to go just do what you love if you do what you love then you're going to be happy and you, it doesn't matter how far you get with it as long as you're enjoying it thanks for listening to the inside try show if you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything then reach out to helen on instagram or twitter at inside try show so if you have enjoyed this episode if you can relate to a little bit of it maybe not the 3 a.m turbos i definitely can't relate to that then uh, please do share it with someone else who you think will enjoy it and maybe benefit from it too and emma good luck for your upcoming season and races now as promised we are edging ever closer to the 125k three-day highland ultra at the end of april which is being supported by podcast sponsors resilientnutrition.com so here is our latest training update for you so we're in a nice warm dirty cafe quite clean this one the rosa Okay, so if anyone is uh, familiar with North East Wales, um, there is a cafe at the top of the Horseshoe Pass. Yep, it's the only cafe at the top of the hill. So we've come in here for a hot chocolate because we've just spent about three hours out in the hills around here. Rich, when you left this morning, what were your expectations? Mm, leggings, windproof, t-shirt, no waterproof. It wasn't but you packed them. Packed them, but it wasn't going to rain. And then when you got here and you were getting changed, when we when we pulled up in the car? Oh, my shoes blew away. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not lying. Shoes blew away. Um, so you were chasing them around the car park, and and then it started raining. So then the waterproofs, all of them, went on, and they stayed on all the way through. Yeah. So when we left our house, it was pretty sunny. It was a bit cloudy but as we got higher up to where we are just all of these dark clouds started descending upon us and yeah we left the car park in all our waterproofs i was expecting today to be in a t-shirt probably t-shirt is actually what i was expecting with a a base layer on top of that but no i had t-shirt base layer and waterproof um and oh my goodness rich how would you sum up the three hours oh beautiful views when it wasn't raining when you could see them they were there but you just couldn't see them it was wet it was wet and windy really wet and windy it's actually the first walk i think that we've done which hasn't been particularly nice conditions wise yeah um it's a good test of kit though wasn't it it was so good i'm so glad so what have i learned from it i have learned gloves wise i definitely i'm going to take two pairs with me i'm going to keep one pair dry and the gloves i do take i have some very good montane mittens and um i didn't wear them for most of today until my other gloves sort of gave up but montane mittens definitely definitely i need to remember that and wear them that's one lesson for me uh the lesson for me is 
hand warmers. Yeah, I need to take hand warmers because I've probably got to about two hours in and because of the rain and my gloves had got wet, I was like, oh, damn it, my hands had completely gone. So you had to actually put my gloves on for me. I couldn't get them on, could I? It was like dressing a child. <laughs> what other lessons, Rich, did, did you, would you say that you took from today? If it's cold and wet and windy, we definitely don't eat and drink enough, which is poor. You know, you just keep going, and that's bad. You know, when it's cold and wet, you don't want to be drinking water. You should. So we need to pack, we need to make sure we're doing that. I, I probably had about I had one one of my bottles, so that's about 500 mil. I had that over three hours. It's not a lot. Did you? How much did you have? Probably about the same, but it's still not a lot. No, it's really not a lot. And well, did you eat anything today? Uh, yes, I've just had a sausage roll and chips. <laughs> prior to coming in the cafe <laughs> no no not on the hill I okay done. so i had a i had a banana and i had a the, one of the breakaway bars the hannah grant things so i did actually i had something but again it's again, not probably, enough probably not enough but the fact that, yes we were, we were out for three hours the hills were fairly steep they were really steep but some of them were really really steep like proper hauling yourself up with your sticks kind of <laughs> steep yeah, they were. And then today also, because it was so wet, feet-wise, sodden. sodden, exactly, right? So that, again, though, I think was good to have experienced that, because that's what it's going to be like. Our feet are going to be wet to begin with. And I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just hope if we can look after our feet, mm. it'll be fine. They're going to get wet. But it was good today, because every time you walk through the... It wasn't good, it, but it was good to have experienced it. That every time you just go through this heather... And straight away from that, it's almost like our feet are then like sponges. <laughs> mm. yeah, it's not not overly pleasant. No, um, no. The difficulty is when you stop because then your feet get cold. Yeah. If you can keep moving, then the blood's flowing and you're and you're okay. So we'll be okay. So two and a bit months to go. Yeah. Feeling alright. Feeling alright. Glad that the waterproofs are doing what the waterproofs need to do. Um, the the Montane waterproof jacket is. I think much better than the, the OMM one that I got rid of, so I'm happy with that. Really pleased with that. Still happy with the choice of footwear. And I know they're comfortable. They're not waterproof. And they're probably not the best shoe, but they're the best shoe for me. So that's fine. You know, I can wear them long days back to back. That's fine. Not a problem. Happy with that. Sticks are good. Sticks. We love the sticks, don't we? <laughs> love the sticks. We love the sticks. So we both got lecky, like collapsible. Yeah. Collapsible carbon. They're really quite Gucci. <laughs> But they're really good. You know, I was a sceptic for a long time. And if I look back on 20-year-old Rich going up the hill, I'd be like, oh, lecky poles, why would you want a lecky pole? Um, you know, you just crack on and do it. And now my knees are like, you need the lecky poles. You, you need the lecky poles because you're old and I'm creaky. It's quite good in the... I mean, sorry, it was really hard in the wind, though, with them. They were just blowing everywhere. So at that point, I just was like, I'll stuff this. I used some stability. Did you? Yeah. No, I mean, it was really blowing hard, wasn't it, on the top? So, yeah, yeah, really blowing, really windy. We had, like, horizontal rain. We had um, sideways rain. We had sideways wind. We had... I think we pretty much had everything, and I think we had terrain that... A lot of it today, we we were walking. That was our plan today. 
but a lot of it, even if we had wanted to run, there were stretches which would have been really difficult. Really difficult. Yeah. And that's what Neudel was going to be. Really difficult. The one thing that was really good is that for all of the outward leg, you couldn't see where you, you were going. So you had no idea what was coming up and you had no idea how far you'd gone. On the way back, you could see everything and you were like, I didn't remember this hill or the next one or the one after... How many hills have we got to do? There, were, we there were a lot of hills today. Yeah, there were. For, more, for, more for a very um, small area, really. We, we've walked 15k. But blimey, it was chunky, monkey, hilly. Well, it was either up or down. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing all right. It's going to be it's gonna be all fine. And I'm actually, I think we're both at the point whereby we know it's going to be hard, but we know we can do it. And there is a lot still to do but I think we are going in the right direction. Remember, you can get 10% off everything over at resilientnutrition.com who are supporting the Highland Ultra. Just use the code Inside Try. so whether you want to try their new product, Switched On, which is all about helping you reduce tiredness and fatigue, or maybe you need to stock up on some of their performance-enhancing nut butters. I know that John, Megan, Felicity, you have all very much been using and enjoying that discount code and enjoying the products as well. You can get to a discount at 33fuel.com. They do really good energy bars, protein bars, daily greens, chia seed gels. Just use the code InsideTry33 and then comfuel.co.uk will also give you some money off with the code InsideTry if you are after a variety of goodies. But that is it for this week. So happy racing, happy training. Thanks for making me smile too. And we will catch up again next week. Podcast Network.